0: Hello and welcome to the Fortune and Freedom podcast, where Nigel Farage and Nikolai Hubble give you a unique take on what's really going on in the world of finance, investing and politics. We hope you sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to This Week in Review with Nigel Farage and his new microphone. How's it working out, Nigel? It seems to be okay. I
1: wouldn't say that new technology is necessarily my forte. Um, but things I do understand are things like customer service um, and how the banks have been treating the wider population, and indeed, many, many businesses. And it's interesting, actually, Politique, their sort of morning report, say that the Farage saga has now outlasted a full moon cycle, which I thought was quite interesting. Uh, It seems, Nick, the pace of this story is actually gathering and not diminishing. Uh, We've had a, a very, very clear breach of client confidentiality by the boss of one of our biggest banks a bank that's 39% owned by the taxpayer uh, talk now from the fca and the information commissioner's office that they may have actually even broken the law so i can't you know comment on that i don't know but what i do think is that what i've done here is to provoke a very very big national debate about banks about control about the way people are being treated about the disincentive to set your own company up, to be an entrepreneur when you could just be closed out. And whilst it's good that the city minister for the Treasury, Andrew Griffith, you know, had a big powwow yesterday with the 19 bosses of the big banks and said, right, stop playing politics, just be a bank. Uh, Nobody should ever lose their account for legally held opinions. Uh, I mean, that's a good start, but I think we need a whole lot more.
0: You're also moving financial markets Ligel, because the share price of NatWest has fallen apparently 850 million pounds worth that has been wiped off. Uh, other banks are likely to struggle as well. And this this information commissioner's office issue, if that does go somewhere, uh, there's a decent potential fine that we're talking about here. I think it's in the hundreds of millions of pounds uh, which yeah. is one of the when the share price is falling. So this is still speculation, of course, as, as you've made clear. Uh, but the point is that the financial and investment impact is starting to make itself felt.
1: Yes, it has been. Um it, it really has been. I think in the case of Nat West, it's because of the sheer incompetence of their board. You know, to put out a statement at 542 on the Tuesday, um, which says, Yes, um Alison Rose did break the you know, she did, did break the code of banking, but we have every confidence in her. For the whole world to go, you what? I mean are you know, you're having a laugh, uh, and clearly Jeremy Hunt furious about that. Andrew Griffith, furious. I don't think Rishi Sunak knows a bit about financial markets. Everyone looks on with incredulity and said so the board had to reconvene at 11pm that night and at 129 in the morning, the press release was out that she's gone. I mean, this is incompetence on a level that beggars belief and that I think is why the share price has fallen. What we don't know is what the figures, the first half year figures are going to be and they're coming out Friday morning 7am. And there's then supposed to be an investor call at 9.30 on Friday. So, you know, we'll have to see. The biggest investor is the government. Um, and the government and other major, major shareholders will be well within their right to say to Sir Howard Davis, the chairman, I'm sorry, but, you know, you have behaved like a complete duffer on this and we need somebody else. I, yeah, I, I can't read that. Um, but it may well be that despite the shares going down, the profits may still be enormous. I mean, don't forget the UK banking sector last year made a profit of 35 billion pounds. Uh, and that's not surprising, given, given the interest they're paying out and what they're charging on mortgages and everything else. I mean, the spread is absolutely ridiculous. My issue isn't that so much. My issue is that, you know, I think it's tens of thousands of accounts and business accounts have been closed down, no explanations given whatsoever, and, 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 and people... People in fear and despair. I mean, you go and try and open a new bank account on the British high street for a business, it is a blooming nightmare. They ask you for things like receipts. We well, haven't got any receipts, as a new business. Uh, you, know, you, you just go around in circles with these people. And, and so much of this is because of anti-money laundering laws. And you know, we understand that the international drugs trade is a major problem in our financial system. But right at the minute, the, the laws... And the compliance issues surrounding how we how we interpret those laws, uh, really, the whole thing is a sledgehammer to miss the nut because it's not stopping the big money launderers, but it's hitting the innocent very very hard. So, this for me is a really big campaign.
0: I have very much enjoyed the timing of their various announcements and the fact that you've had to operate on the fly and have done so so well over the course of this mess because they seem to be strategically releasing their information just before you go on TV Um, and and you still manage to to rebut them so well I remember moving to the UK in 2015 and it took me three or four months to open a bank account trying just about every day it was completely ridiculous a lot of what's happened here has come about because of activist shareholders. So groups that believe in diversity and inclusion and, and equality and all this sorts of things, yeah. they seem to be pressuring big companies to not only not discriminate and do the right thing, but to go beyond that point, to really advocate and even indoctrinate, some would say, on these issues. That seems to be what's biting them. And that's not yeah. just what's happening in the banking sector, right? So are you thinking about where else this might be going on? Look, you know, there has been a complete takeover of the public and corporate sectors.
1: uh, And it's all happened in the space of about the last five or six years. It was massively accelerated by the murder of George Floyd, uh, which made a very, very big difference indeed. Um, It all comes on the West Coast. It all comes from, you know, Silicon Valley and places like that. And yeah, you know, banks, other corporates now, through the so-called ESG um, agenda, um, are now effectively woke warriors. Um, I keep asking the question about Coots and about NatWest. How is any of this helping customer service? How is covering the front of the bank in rainbow flags? How is that benefiting anybody? And what's it got to do with them anyway? So yes, this is very, very deep-rooted, right throughout the corporate sector. And it's one of those things in life where people chat quietly over a pint on a Thursday night and say, this is an absolute load of baloney. But no one dares speak out, otherwise they'll be called every ism under the sun. So it takes someone like me to come along and blow the lid off it. And I think, I I, I hope that this marks the beginning of a turning point in this whole conversation. And I have a feeling it may well do that. Um, I mean, look at the support I've got you know, from across the political spectrum. Even my bitterest enemies on... Brexit, for example. Even the Guardian are being nice about me. I mean, goodness gracious me. So I think I've really touched the nerve here that something is wrong. Something is rotten in the banking system, but it goes all the way through. Because we have this stonewall agenda, this stonewall employment agenda, uh, which wants to divide us all up into little groups. You know, no sense of being a community, no sense of equality of opportunity, no sense of the kind of world that Martin Luther King wanted to push. No, 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 no. You've got to be in a box. You've got to be in a box. You know, you're this, you're that, you're the other. Uh, And it's all, you know, inclusion. It sounds like a lovely word, but unless you agree with the prevailing trendy orthodoxy of the day, well, then you find that that inclusion becomes exclusion, uh, abuse, and even excommunication. So actually, the whole agenda, which pretends to be nice, is divisive frankly, to the point of being poisonous.
0: The other accountability mechanism here is supposed to be shareholders who are obviously not benefiting when it comes to NatWest. Yeah. But all the other banks as well, refusing to bank someone like you and those thousands of other people that have come out of the woodwork, that's not good for their business. Why are they doing it? You know, In the end, they're supposed to be making money for their shareholders. That should be their number one priority, at least. Well, it should and be, yes.
1: It should be, yes. I mean, look, it's not good for their business, but equally... I think this point's not been really played enough. Is that it's actually not good for London and for the UK in terms of its international reputation for doing business. So it's bad. You know, this is bad at all levels. They they are in the wrong direction on all of these things, and that I think is why what I've done has caught fire in the way that it has. People just thinking this is not right. This doesn't make any sense. So look, this isn't going to go away. This argument about the banks, and indeed about much of what the rest of the corporate sector have done and the political direction they've gone down, this is not going to go away anytime soon.
0: I wonder if there's any NatWest shareholders who are thinking about voting at uh, some upcoming gen- annual general meeting. Well, yeah, uh, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on though to a news story which surprised me. Even though we've been talking about this issue for quite a while now, uh, the UK is on track to incur the highest debt interest costs in the developed world because of persistently high inflation and an unusually large portion of government debt being denominated in inflation linkers. So we're going to be spending, I think it's 10% um, of government revenue on interest. And that's the highest proportion uh, compared to a bunch of other countries that are considered developed. Um, it's the highest going back to 1995, which is when data began. The only leader was briefly Iceland because they had their their banking meltdown. Um, Part of the story here is that so much of the UK government's debt is denominated in inflation-linked bonds, uh, which means that as inflation soared, our interests built forward. But the bigger issue really is whether this is going to hit some sort of unsustainable point, whether there's going to be some, at last, some accountability from financial markets for governments that have been spending too much.
1: Well, we saw a bit of that, didn't we, towards the end of last year after quasi Kwarteng's budget. Um, And yet here we are, back in the same place, Uh, And no one wants to believe it. I mean, it's hard to believe just how moronic uh, the government, the Bank of England, the Treasury have been in all of this. They just assumed that inflation would never go above 2% again and denominated all this debt that was inflation-linked. It's hard to believe how badly this has all been run. I don't personally think that we hit the lack of sustainability point yet but it's always a possibility. And the fact that we're even talking about it shows you just how badly things have been run. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to fearmonger on this at this stage, but something needs to turn around. Uh, you know, productivity, growth, all of those things need to turn around. And I just don't see I just don't see any sign of it. And and, you know, we're gonna be sitting here this time next year, um, probably a couple of months away from a Labour government. Uh, who arguably might make things a little bit a little bit worse than they are, not better. Um, we're just not in a great place.
0: I'm sure they'll sort it out, Nigel. And um, let's move <laughs> on quickly to the US. If we're sorting out the inflation problem in the US, they've raised interest rates once again. Do you think this is getting to to a peak and people can sort of start to breathe easy, um, or do you think it's risking a, a financial crisis, which tends to happen when central banks raise interest rates too far?
1: Difficult to think if the Fed and the Bank of England and the ECB go on raising rates that we're not going to have a recession by the end of the year. We've avoided recession remarkably well, actually, over the. Although I mean we're completely flatlining. Uh, I I really think, I really think that whatever the Fed do, uh, the Bank of England should not raise rates again. I, I think it, I think this is now the wrong time to be raising rates. They should have been doing it last year. Uh, they didn't, but I think to go in, to continue in this current direction, I, I would think guarantees recession by the end of the year. Uh, I, I think that now is, I think that now is an odds-on prospect. So I think anything we can do to avert that should be done. But I mean, who knows what they're going to do?